Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days, feeling like styles have changed so much? Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. I signed up, I took a style quiz, and they offered suggestions that would best match me. The more I rent, the more on point the styles get. Whether you are planning a date night, packing for a conference, or headed to a black tie event, you will have the perfect outfit without facing a fitting room with fluorescent lights. With my Armoire clothing rental, I feel brave trying new styles because I know it's not forever. It's just for a week or a month. And my favorite thing, having someone else do my laundry when I'm ready for new clothes. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash hidden true crime. That's armoire.style slash A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash hidden true crime to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. While Chad Dable's attorney complains of Tammy Dable going through menopause in the courtroom, most women can relate to her experience. Many of us know it can be hard to find comfort in our own bodies, experience cravings or depression, but Hormone Harmony is an all-in-one hormonal balancing solution for women of all ages. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier, and that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any women with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it is perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code hidden true crime at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code hidden true crime for 15% off today. Hey everyone, is this live working? Is this live working? I am in front of the house where Ruby Frankie's kids escaped. And I'm gonna tell you a little bit about it. I'm gonna bring you a lot more here. The bars are up and down. Someone just arrived, so I got distracted. I'm, I'm wanting to make sure I'm not doing anything that is upsetting anyone in this very private, secluded, well, you know, it's, it's a high-end neighborhood here among the Red Rock. So uh, forgive me for getting a little bit worried about anyone coming up. It looks like someone might've just been coming past the house. So I'm gonna show you guys this house. I'm gonna flip you around and I'm gonna tell you what we know. But again, I'm gonna bring you more later tonight. So subscribe and hit notifications. This is the house, okay? This is a $3 million home, 5,000 square foot, where a brave 12 year old boy escaped. He had duct tape on his wrists and ankles according to the probable cause wrists and ankles and went to a neighbor's home we don't know what neighbor and there um because he was so malnourished and had deep lacerations from rope by the way he had duct tape on him but it was rope it was rope that caused the lacerations so they called police police came he actually had extended medical care because of the deep lacerations. They find in the house, they, the police go over, they find in the house a 10 year old girl, Ruby Frankie's 10 year old daughter. The daughter will not talk to medical for four hours. <laughs> four hours, that to me says there's brainwashing and fear going on. After four hours of talking to police and medical, she finally allows medical. She's also malnourished. She's also hospitalized. Six counts of aggravated 
abuse, uh, child abuse for both Jody Hildebrandt, who is the owner of this home, Jody Hildebrandt, as well as their mother, Ruby Frankie. Now, again, I'm going to replace this probably with some better footage because I'm live, but I, I just wanted to go live quickly before I go grab a shuttle home. Uh, I'm going to go head back to my family tonight and then I'll get you the, the better footage and show you around really in detail. But, but this is, this is important. I just want to explain something. This house here in Southern Utah is, is in Ivan's Utah. This is where the children were found. Uh, this is where the little 10 year old girl refused medical care, where, where they have put in the charging documents that there was physical torture. They also referred to in the charging documents for both Ru Ruby and Jody that uh, they were jeopardizing the children's lives. Where they were arrested at Ruby's house, so this is Jody Hildebrandt's house, Ruby Frankie's business partner, connections coat, therapist, whatever she is. I haven't figured out if it's an MLM, a cult, a group, uh, all of the above. They were arrested in Springville. Springville is not close. Springville is in Utah, but Utah's a big state. Springville is 230 miles north. It's, we're talking, we're talking three hours, three and a half hours away. So, so the kids were abandoned and I don't think people fully grasp that. They were found in a completely different place. The reason that Jody was charged is because the kids were in her direct care at her house. And she said, oh, watch out, be careful. The kids, the kids, you know, uh, don't, they shouldn't be around anyone, which shows she knew about the abuse. We've had Adam Steed on our channel explain that that's what Jody does. She, she points the finger at other people and pretends she's the victim and woe is me, I'm scared of these people. It's not gonna work in this situation. In fact, it shows she knew about the abuse. And then you've got her, and then you've got Rudy, a Ru I keep saying Rudy because Jody and Ruby combined, it's their power couple name. We might as well call them Rudy because uh, what a couple they are. Uh, Ruby, Ruby Frankie, of course, is charged because she's the children's mother. But two days before the arrest, which happened August 30th, Wednesday, today's Thursday, Wednesday, August 30th, was when a brave little boy escaped and ran to a neighbor's asking for food. So two days prior to that, Ruby is in the basement or the downstairs room, which is also confusing. These houses, these one-story homes, I've been in a few of them. They do not usually have basements. They do not usually have upstairs. They're just this one-story secluded um, among, you know, uh, modernized adobe-style homes sitting among the red rock. Um, they try, the homes are built to blend in with the, the nature that surrounds them. They usually don't have downstairs rooms, so I'm really confused by that too. I want to know what that downstairs room was. Did she really have a downstairs room? Because... Again, I've been in about three or four of these houses. There are usually no downstairs rooms. This house was built in 2017. Jody purchased the land in 2013. I don't know if she planned a little downstairs room. I don't know. But anyway, I don't remember what I was talking about before I got focused on the downstairs room. Oh, two days, downstairs room, according to charging documents. Ruby, Frankie, and Jody are in the basement filming a YouTube video, which shows the police in the charging documents that Ruby knew about the abuse too, meaning they, according to the interviews that they've done with the kids, they were clearly tied up for some time and Ruby was in this house two days prior to the arrest and knew of the abuse. Well, then they leave them 
According to police, you know, they were probably tied up for days if, if they were able to say, look, Ruby knew of this abuse happening because she was in the house two days prior doing a video in the downstairs basement. They were in the direct care, though, of Jody Hildebrandt. I'm going to bring you more. I actually have been talking longer than I thought. I always do on lives because I see everybody here. Um, I have a shuttle to catch so that I don't so I'm able to go home. It's been a couple days, but I'm going to bring you a lot more. I have been here again for 48 hours. I have a lot of footage. So hit subscribe, hit notification. And then this Saturday, do not miss our show this Saturday. And please watch Adam Steed's interview on our channel and then go to Mormon Stories and watch the niece's interview. The thing that concerns me, Springville, by the way, is where Chad Daybell's from. The thing that's the most frightening about the niece's interview today, Jessie is her name. She says she was abused by Jody growing up. She lived with Jody. Her parents convinced, Jody convinced her parents to go, you know, keep her out of trouble. And she was abused and duct taped. She says that, um, that Jody really believes that she's sent by Jesus Christ and she's preparing for the second coming. Does this sound familiar? In no way am I saying that they're with Chad Daybell. I'm not saying that at all. But, but, for those that have followed our Daybell coverage and why John and I are so interested in this case and we're digging deep and we see how layered it is, is because you guys know that we have been saying from the very beginning, we do not want this to happen again. We do not. Why, why did it happen the first time to Tylee and JJ? Why does it happen? And we are seeing so many similarities and that this, the Jody's been getting away with this for years and years and that people liked her. That We have people writing us saying that she was a great therapist. Be kind to her. Leave her alone. But we're hearing from victims right and left too saying what she did to them was diabolical. And now we're hearing from the niece that she believes she's sent from Jesus Christ and is preparing for the second coming. And she really believes that she's the smartest one in the room and she knows what she's doing. They said in the charging documents that the children's lives were jeopardized. That we're lucky that this 12-year-old boy escaped because it could have been an even worse story. That maybe there could have been murder charges and not aggravated child abuse charges. I don't want to see this happening and again and again. So I am here in St. George or Southern Utah, Ivins to be exact. I am in Ivins at this moment covering this case. I'm going to go. I'm going to head back home and then plan on Saturday. I've got to go regroup with Dr. John, explain everything I've learned. It's been a lot. Thank you for everyone that has reached out and uh, we'll be in touch. I want to show you again this house. I'm going to flip it around so you guys can see it as I take off. It's listed as a $3 million home. This, this place is gorgeous, guys. It's beautiful. You don't see, you don't see scenery like this. Excuse me, sneeze. Again, 5,000 square feet, three bedrooms, five baths, purchased. Again, the land was purchased 2013. She built in 2017. From what we're gathering so far, she and Ruby got together on 2019-ish. So first I wondered if that's where she got her money was Ruby, but not so. We'll be, we'll be figuring out more. Thanks guys. We'll see ya. Hidden, a true crime podcast. A forensic psychologist and a journalist explore the hidden motives behind unthinkable crimes while examining our deepest fears along the way. I, I was a victim of sexual child abuse in Boy Scouts of America, and uh, and I, I came forward as a, 
a 14 year old boy and, and stood up and there was a huge cover up and I fought against it. And I got, you know, you, you know, the story you've, you've, you mentioned, you've read that, but, um, Anyway, so I did a lot of advocacy work for victims of abuse. And one thing I noticed is if these stories, like if people were uh, abused and leaders covered it up and places where we go to trust and love cover it up, these people over the years, it's like they would go mentally ill. The the trauma was just like a a ghost with unfinished business just coming back to them, back to them. And one thing I, I had that too. And then when finally a lot of the world news or the the news started to tell the story and people started to you know it won the scripts award it was like a runner-up for a pulitzer prize and i just i saw that and just this craziness started to leave me that is you know where i tell my story and i just apologize for it all the time and feel so bad and so much shame and it just all started to leave me and i felt like i'd live a normal life and not have to rethink this because I had, I had vindicated this, but I, 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 the right things had happened. This person couldn't hurt more people the way they'd hurt me, and that these organizations couldn't cover it up the way they covered it up. You know, and you get this situation with Jody, and and I mean, she's she, in my experience, was far more uh, dangerous than the pedophile that abused me, and far far more damaging and far more destructive. Wow. And yeah, that's a lot because this was a terrible thing that happened in the past. And I didn't, you know, I I mean, like she was like a whole nother level. And the thing about it is she has, you know, I I don't know me. I'm for sure there's hundreds of victims that were directly under her, but there's probably thousands of people that are their family members. And and maybe she's got thousands of clients. I, I don't know, but she has this massive amount of people that are probably going through this craziness, not knowing what happened to them as they were abused. And I don't want to talk about it. I'm shaking, holding the phone, even mentioning it. It's not going to make my day better. You know, it's not going to make me and my wife feel more peaceful and our baby and just be happy for the rest of the day talking about it. It's really traumatizing. But the, the thing that I know is I know that if we share the correct form of truth that people will see who this person really is. And it's a hard thing to do with Jody. It's super difficult to do with her. And, and, you know, it'll make sense, but if we share that truth and people see how bad she really is and what she's really done, I hope to God that these victims of hers will start to feel less crazy and start to feel less shame and less problems. And, and and to me that that's worth screwing up my week or my evening or my day or, or my month just by getting traumatized by telling this terrible stuff that I don't want to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you uh, for being there for the victims. Uh, Adam, if, if, if you feel safe enough or um, are in a good enough place to share, can you share why she was worse? What made her next level? Uh, it's going to be pretty explicit and pretty intense. So if people don't want to listen to this, they shouldn't listen to this. But if they want the truth, well, the reality about it, I mean, what Jody did to my life 
feels as a victim of child abuse coming forward feels like being like being fucked backwards it feels like she tried to make me be the person abusing children force that into my head that image force that into society force it everywhere and show that i had this terrible problem and use that as leverage over me i mean it, it's the only thing i can think of that's worse than being a child and being abused would be being a parent forced to abuse your own child and jody tried in every way to create that false narrative and reality around my life so when she violated records of letting my personal records go or my my personal private records sorry it's hard to even talk my my medical records when she actually was doing was going around creating her own medical records that she never did when i was her patient and using the psych evaluation records from my psych evaluation for the scouting case where i sued scouting to show the damage of what happened to me and there's this uh this fear that you have where as a kid in idaho they, they have all sorts of ignorance there and they, they teach you that if you're you're, you know, if you're abused, then you could become like that. I know that was a, a normal insecurity that a clinical psychologist would totally understand with the victim. And there was a like a part of it where I said that I was scared of what people would think because there are people that come up in Mormon Idaho and they'd be like, "Hey, can you be around these kids? Are you okay?" It's this, and it just it robbed my innocence. I I was terrified of uh, what that terrible pedophile did to me the last thing in the world it's like if you escaped from a holocaust camp and somebody was like uh oh we're scared you're going to go start your own holocaust camp you know it, it was the last thing in the world but these people in the little town you know talking they're so traumatizing and they'd be like well you are you safe around kids because this happened to you i mean that I talked about that in my psych evaluation. I was scared of what would happen when people would look at me like that if I was just in normal settings. And and so, you know, Jody took parts of that, like, oh, this guy, he can't be around kids. He's, he's a victim and he doesn't know what safe boundaries are. See, he says he's scared of what would happen around kids. She didn't mention that I wasn't talking about what would happen between me and kids. I was talking about what would happen between parents looking at me like I was different because I was a victim of abuse. And that's what Jody Hildebrandt, she ran around with these records that had to protect the border on them because sensitive details with non-professionals non could, could take something, a little detail change, and they could draw a completely different conclusion. There's a reason these records were protected. I would never talk about this publicly because I don't want anyone to mix these details up. But this... If we want to know the truth about how someone like Jody can take subtle little differences and create majorly different outcomes to destroy people's lives, knowing what they're doing, exactly what they're doing, you know, this is this is Jody Hildebrandt. So, so I, I, I did go to the world to come forward and talk about a sexual abuser, and I did go to stop these people as a kid in camp and all the cover-up later, I always avoided talking about what Jody Hildebrandt did to me because the world, I didn't feel it would be ready for sensitive details because I had been abused so significantly from, from what this lady did to my, to my life. And so, um, 
Yeah, I'm just saying a pause for a minute. Do you want to say something? Yeah, absolutely. Pause. Thank you, Adam, for for everything you're sharing. We can't imagine. Um, John's been nodding as as he listens with with. Well, it's 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 partly disbelief. I mean, I'm a professional mental health person too, and you know our our job is always to help people, right? To do no harm first and then to help people. And I just can't imagine taking a patient's information and using it against them, you know? So I'm uh, sorry you had to go through that. I, You know, it's so contrary to what we do. Um, she did, as as we understand it, she did, however, lose her license for a, for a bit. Did, did she ever regain her license? Um, there's, so, there's a lot more about that. Like she had an incredibly powerful attorney team of attorneys from the the same attorneys that represent the University of Utah to okay. protect her from I mean, it was a huge ordeal yeah to get Doppel to to go after this lady yeah that's crazy the, um she did get cited for having a dual relationship with my ex-wife and she did get cited for sharing my confidential medical records. I've read the press, they talk a lot about the medical records. They don't talk about the dual relationship. I don't know if they've all seen that yet. No, we haven't found what, so what was the dual relationship? Was she, was she meeting with your ex-wife privately or having a relationship with her? What was, what was that? Trying to slow down here because I, I don't want to tell too much of my story. Uh, so, but the the criminal aspect of a dual relationship is interesting because I, on one hand, a dual relationship could be, oh, maybe a psychiatrist liked their patient. Or on another hand, it could be their psychiatrist was like, I can earn money if my patient goes out and gets customers for me. Or on another hand, a psychiatrist could be like, I could earn a lot more money if I had super high profile patients that fit my doctrine. Even if they're not that way, if I could turn them into that. And, you know, the the thing about Jody is, uh, you know, the dual relationship thing. Yeah, I mean, just have a hard time answering that because I, I got some real direct answers, but I just got done talking to those guys about getting ready for our, for our interview. Sure. If I tell, tell it all here, then then, uh, then that, will, that will change. But uh, And really um, quickly, Adam, I'll just say, those that are uh, wondering, we're referring to an interview you're about to do with Mormon Stories and host John Dillon, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we will... I, I felt Go ahead. part of the reason I wanted to really give him the run with this was because I, I felt that most most of Jody's victims, because she, she victimizes the far extreme Mormon group, 
that they would be, you know, their lives fall apart and broken. They'd probably be listening to John DeLenn's thing, and that would be a place where a lot of them could be helped. For those that might be listening, please head over to Mormon Stories for more of Adam's story. We, we will make sure to send everyone there. Thank you for sharing here with Hidden True Crime as well. Here's something I'm not going to talk about in Mormon Stories, just because there is a term, it's called, it's called the friction of complexity. I, I, I kind of made that term up, but it's a term that when a subject is too complex, it starts to create friction in people's minds, where mm-hmm. it just slows down and they can't apprehend, comprehend it, or people have a visceral response to it. That's it's great. That's thing. great. I'm on That's, board with that term. Yeah, so there's a lot of friction of complexity in the story. <laughs> yeah. And and I have to be careful because if I even start to summarize it, I feel that the friction of complexity gets so big that I start to feel like I need to apologize and I've done stuff wrong. You mix it in with the triggers and the shame and all that stuff. And well, it just sends me in like a. And, and so, but I mean, I'm, I'm navigating through this with you guys because the truth matters. Yeah. And those people out there, their healing matters. I, I know a lot of people who like race to help children, but these people, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, whatever these people are out there that are victims of this stuff, their lives matter. Yes. And and they matter a lot. And they they matter up there with how children's lives matter. They're super important. And Jody preyed on these people like nobody's business and so i want i want the truth out there um I'm trying to think of a few well, what do you, the, go ahead right? no go ahead adam oh go, go ahead what's your question go ahead john, well, john yeah, had a question I, yeah I had a, um so you mentioned that she's she's preying on on kind of these fringe lds groups or people that would <laughs> Did, would she fit within that profile or, I mean, did, would she be an extreme LDS believer too? Or where do you see her fitting in terms of her religious beliefs? I kind of feel like when Ted Bundy joined the Mormon church. Okay. You know, where it was convenient, it helped for a purpose. It was, it was, it worked to get her close to the people that she wanted to hurt. Okay. And what do you think happened with, um, beyond your story, see, seeing her finally in the news uh, connected to Ruby, Frankie, and this child abuse? Do you feel then that Jody is, is the leader here, is the one seeing, it, uh, seeing an opportunity? It's the history that I've seen of the kind of people jody uses for her thing that lady even though she had 2.5 million followers on youtube her uh she she tells in comparison to the control the controlling factor of jody like it's it's to really understand jody um you need to understand that uh I, I don't know. Once upon a time, the group of people that were Mormon and they had issues with pornography and masturbation, right? So they would feel really bad. They were not temple worthy. They weren't good enough. 
to go to Jody to save the temple marriages and all that stuff. And the modern times happened, the internet came out, almost everybody looked at porn and masturbated sometimes. And in the real world outside of this little group of people didn't feel that the same cause and effect would happen from masturbation and porn. They, 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 they looked at it like, oh yeah, it's a normal part of life and these people aren't doing all these crazy things. But there's this little tight bubble. They felt like if you do these little things, this uh you know this extreme thinking way worse things could happen they, they're indoctrinated or religiously taught this that you know what you know it's, it's, it's just this whole thing where it's like like you know you're thinking of one scripture you learned at church and then another and you time together and soon you're on the slippery slide where looking at a woman and thinking about her wrong is the same thing as committing adultery which is the next thing to murder and, and you're just like some bright beautiful child wondering about you know i'm trying to make sense of this stuff these are vulnerable people in a changing world and and jody came along and knew how to exploit that in a very very dangerous way and she yeah i don't think she has anything to the church outside of just a sociopathic relationship to get closer to her host wow wow uh, would she talk to you about distortion then? Has this distortion thing been a continuous thing? Truth versus distortion? So, I, could you describe what you mean by distortion? Go ahead, John. Yeah, I, you know, and just in listening to a little a bit of her um, show, I don't know, what was her video show? Was that like a YouTube channel? She uh, was doing um, connection shows with ruby and we've been watching them and assessing a bit of jody and she goes into truth versus distortion we're all living in distortion and and she is truth pretty much it gets down to truth yeah the, i think um so one of the things i picked up is that the, the her her therapeutic perspective i think is is really simple so you talk about the Friction of complexity. This is like, I don't even know how to describe her worldview. Let's call it the simplicity of simplicity or something. But um, her her perspective, it seems to me, revolves around three things. Choices, boundaries, and distortion. She talks about those things all the time. Can we, can we pause for a second? Just because those are just triggers for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll I'm pause. sorry. And the, the reason why, and I'll explain why, is none of that geometry that 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 logical geometry of hers is real it's all abstract language that she created because she knows how to navigate a manipulative area that i don't understand okay but what we can ground about this lady is that she showed her face this ugly stuff that she's doing just multiple times she's popped up with different names. Mm. You know, she, she was at the, the Elks Lodge up Provo Canyon. I, I think, I'm pretty sure she was there running things when Lindsay Lohan was there getting abused. Or Lindsay, or not Lohan, uh, Paris, Paris Hilton. Yeah, Paris Hilton. Uh, in fact, I think she bragged about how she was so elite with this group and she she showed up in lifestar and you know she was just in a chapter but then she went off on her whole big thing again creating the same stuff and then she's another she shows up in connections but 
he's always teaching the exact same forms of manipulation in all these different places that I can tell. I, I don't know as well back then, but I heard her stories and stuff. But the the thing that you need, to, you need, I, I'm going to segue, and, and I can talk openly about this because I'm not planning on sharing this with Mormon stories. What we want to do is just, but the the basis of control is interesting because, like, you know, um, when people are really scared, they give power to a leader in an unorthodox way. Like nine eleven, everybody was scared. All sides that usually fight give all the power to the president in an unprecedented way because it's this fear. This uh, creates this qualitative fear that scares people so much. And, it, and if you're a real controlling leader, it, it makes the people subconsciously feel that that's validated when they have that fear, that fear, fearful feeling. You know, Jody's, Jody's measures of control would work great for like pedophiles in prison, serial rapists to talk about all those boundaries, all that stuff, to enforce it vigorously, to, to follow through all those narratives. It makes sense. And I said, you know, control is interesting. It's like, it's morally okay. If I go and push somebody real hard without asking for their permission, if a car is going to hit them and they can't see the car and there's not enough time to do anything else. So controlling a situation is dependent on what level of threats really there and what's going on. And when you get people that use those kinds of control, when the threat level is not there and when it's not going on, then that's a concerning thing. Like, why are they, why are they doing this? And then if you, if you thought into this person's mind that there's not very many serial rapists, there's not very many, those aren't the fun people to hang out with. Jody wanted to rise in power and be like a goddess of the cult. You don't want to hang out with a bunch of people in prison for convicted crimes. You want to be really powerful and influent. But she, her doctrine is the kind that's, it's for these kinds of people. It's hardened stuff. But if there's this huge group of people that don't qualify for that, what can you do to their minds that makes them feel like they qualify for that kind of treatment? And that goes right into how she works. And I, I you know, I can explain like the, how she began and what she did and what she said how it progressed and how she did it, how she worked with these people. And eventually you can kind of understand what happened. If you could understand that her objective was, you know, I don't know how common a rapist is, a serial rapist or, or a pedophile or something like that, or some serious person that needs to have their freedom taken away to stop them from being a danger to society. But they're sure as hell not as common as somebody that's masturbated. Right. Yeah. They're they're right. They're not common at all. I mean that. The the point is is that maybe these people that do these other things are really really rare compared to normal people. So how is it that Jody would get indoctrinate these people into thinking this way? And the the thing that I think happened right off the bat was that she needed people to believe that it wasn't the the action that you performed that showed that you had an addiction, it was the problem in your head, like this abstract. So what you actually did to act out on it didn't matter. 
So that was like a one of her like big steps is what you actually do doesn't matter. You know, whether it's, you know, whether it's jaywalking illegally and you're addicted to that or reading the scriptures too much or talking inappropriately or whether you look at, you know, like whether whether they kidnap people and rape people or, or whatever, she turned it back into the situation that it's the addiction in your head not the actual behavior in real life. It's the problem. Wow. So suddenly she opens this door to everybody that's been fighting some personal struggle and put them all in a room together, united with this euphoric feeling. And it's a dangerous place to go. Yeah. Was she trying to do that? Was she trying to create a group? These are apps. So, so, uh, a literal group, we're asking. Yeah, like a cult. No, no, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, she's have these therapy groups that you go to. Okay. For, like, I, I went to one for, for, I thought it was marriage counseling. My bishop sent me there. Right. And, and when, the, you know, I would have walked out the door if I thought that I was in a therapy group with somebody that had been arrested for sexually explicit, having sexual victims. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not... I'm not in that category. I have a fierce history of fighting against people that mess with people sexually. Yeah. Right. So, right. So, the if I hear you correctly, Adam, I think so. Part of what you're saying is like with. I'm sorry. Go ahead. ahead. It's how she tricks people into the group. Yeah. That like with you. So you were a victim of 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 sexual abuse and she transformed that or wanted to transform that or get you to believe that somehow you were also an offender. And so I, I think what she's saying, what, what I hear you saying is that in, in the case of porn or masturbation, she seemingly is taking that idea and getting people to believe because they're doing that, that they're somehow rapist or could be rapist. Right. Is that, I mean like that type her of first, thing. Her first step is to dislodge people's minds that the actual way that you act out is important. All that matters is the addiction in your head, this abstract idea. Right. And she starts enticing people with huge feelings of empowerment and then conflicting it with huge fears, like psychosexual manipulative fears, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's like she masturbates you right out of your mind. Wow. I, I don't mean to say it like that, but it's so gross and creepy and sexual and euphoric being in one of her classes the kind of content you you sit there and you think you know it's one thing when confessions talking about a traumatic thing but sometimes you wonder if it's like a new porn video huh when when they focus on it obsessively bringing it up you're sitting there thinking are these people getting off on this and like i was creeped out and the thing was it didn't start that way it was not like that in the beginning it was like, hey, it's, you know, couples therapy, come here. This is great. You're Mormon. And addiction could be anything. These are actual quotes from Jody. You know, addiction could be anything. Even if you just read your scriptures too much, it's not how you act out. It's just that you have an addiction in your head. You know, and 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 uh, and then really right in the beginning talking about like, stake presidents and the mayor of Salt Lake and other famous people that, you know, general authorities that need help from her because, you know, you're, you're Mormon, you're going to do whatever the church leaders say. And 
here's this lady that's just saying like qualifying this extreme what she's going to do in the you know just herself and, and you don't know what it's extreme yet qualifying herself uh and that you know by by grabbing these people that you put your trust in and stuff and that they're all doing it so you know it's just you do it too and you know it's just your fjord feel and it's also this feeling it's like oh real famous and powerful important people and she's spending all this time on me you know and then she, this feeling like oh it doesn't matter how you Hey, whatever your addiction is, whether you read the scriptures too much, you have problems with food, you know, none of this stuff matters, whether it's a sexual issue. It, it doesn't matter. It's all the addiction thing in your head. And she just really, really makes that feel like everybody's off the hook with what their actual actions are. It's this issue in our head. We're going to get to the bottom of this. You guys are going to trust me. Powerful people do. You're super important. This is exclusive. That's that's the kind of stuff, and fortunately for some people, they, one of their partners really takes it, and the other one starts to worry, you know, and it, that kind of happens. But so, so then, uh, once she's removed from people, the sensitivity, the, the uh, proportionality of their offenses, and turned it into this abstract idea of addiction and. She starts teaching these violations of boundaries and starts to get really strict and shows each other how to punish each other for by confronting a certain way and disrupting everything and starts to justify people. And she's just swinging back and forth in the background, these super empowerment lifestyles she has and all this celebrideza and this power and then these super psychosexual fears of what will happen if these addictions keep going out of control. Right. Okay. So, but she doesn't really like in the beginning, it's just this charismatic, funny girl laughing, not using real intense topics, not talking about too intense stuff. You're there with your spouse. Six weeks, eight weeks goes by. And now she's going to divide you into two different groups the guys in one group and the women in the other group. And this is where the sociopath deception starts to begin. Okay. I, mean, I mean, it was already, this is where she's going to act like she's teaching one group one thing and the other another and she's going to do stuff that's just completely different so is that was that her standard procedure she would she would get people into to marital counseling and then split the men from the women in different groups yeah after like six or eight weeks and then she'd be wanting to do individual counseling alongside group counseling and then she would split them up in groups and you'd be in a group of guys and, you know, I, I never forget it. It was marriage counseling, which I was okay with. Charismatic, cool lady talking about everything that my wife seems to be less depressed about and happy and energetic to try to make change in her life. You know, it's like starting to control people for their behavior, but like on a minor level, not like, like, not like crazy stuff, but like, like just minor stuff. And you know, and the, the thing is about it is just that, like, once she, you know, the, the first huge alarm that went off to me is that I'm in the, I'm a victim of abuse, real sensitive to people that have been sexual predators in a group of people who none of our actions actually matter. It's just the addiction in our head that matters. So we're all in there for the same reason. And right. then... They started asking people to talk about the things that they'd done when they acted out. 
And there's like four people in my group. One kid is a survivor of that polygamous cult down in Utah. He's got terrible trauma from what those people did to him. Nice, super nice kid. Another kid in the group is a sexual perpetrator. He's got victims. He does exploit exhibitionism in public. Wow. Another person in the group. Was he uh, was he convicted that 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 person? I don't know. Okay. All I know is it freaks the hell out of you when you're like, oh, I stole a Sammy's apple out of the picnic basket. And someone else is like, oh, I brought photography in the same basket. Right. <laughs> you know, you're just like. <laughs> you're like, wait, this is marital counseling. Jody said, Jody said it was all the same. It, was, it doesn't matter what we do. It's just the addiction in our head. Huh. You know, there was an, and then another guy in there. He was a perp- sexual perpetrator. Also, he he was the opposite. Oh, see, so there's exhibit, expo- There's one that like voyeur. She, he was a voyeurist, and he was talking about all his voyeuring problems that he was working on. Wow. And and I'm sitting there like, I don't want to be in this basket. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I came for marriage counseling, as you said. <laughs> well, right. yeah. Like- this is- that's what's the first red flag. I was like, I, I know I want to, you know, we all want to be like Jody and we all want to speak the truth and we all want this stuff. But like, there's a difference between a sexual predator, you know, that, that, that was the problem. She had literally removed from all these people that she indoctrinated them with this religious idea of how it was a, an addiction and the context of how it was, how you acted out didn't matter. And she went through all these abstract languages about boundaries and create all these emotional situations between spouses and they calloused over time. And she, the control got tighter and tighter. And she was somehow just giving these people this euphoric feeling for controlling the other person. That was just like a drug. And I, you know, then that was kind of this creep. The thing is like, yeah, it was just, it was just so, um, you know, I had to go home. This was my level of innocence. I had to go home and look up in a dictionary or, or it was on online what voyeurism was and what exhibitionism was because I didn't know. Yeah. That's, that's the day I learned. Yeah, so when I, I when I talked, Go ahead. I think you, I, <laughs> I think you went through the wrong door when you were trying to find that group. <laughs> well, you know, when your bishop's brother owns Lifestar and this multi-million-dollar organization making money off of members of the church who struggle with pornography. Was she involved with Lifestar? She was their coach. She when when I came across Jody, she was on the top list of referrals for the LDS social services and she was a lifestyle coach and she was going to church meetings. She was talking to priesthood leaders and she was soliciting from talks on Sundays for her, her patients. And so you, you take somebody like Jody and she is an expert in manipulating people's subconscious to make them go in a different direction than what would be good for them because she uses visceral violence or visceral sexual manipulation you know she takes like 
you know, these budding people, they're young married couples and they just want to love each other and they want these goals. This isn't what perpetrators are thinking. That's not why the perpetrators are in the class that the judge ordered them to be in. They're like volunteers in normal lives coming out of their religion, trying to make their marriages better and stuff. And, and you know, I remember uh, when I, uh, let's see, right? What was it? I think it was the last day that we had the couples group. They brought some guy in and he was like, he seemed like a real trustworthy, honest, sincere, humbled guy that fought addiction and be, and was a very successful in other areas in his life. And he was like, yeah, I was like trying not to masturbate and look at porn sometimes. And I, I had this addiction and I didn't take it serious and I didn't confront it. And then you know, soon it was I woke up behind dumpsters with girls I didn't know who didn't have teeth and I didn't know if I had AIDS and my life was over. And it, it just kind of like, they made you like think that if you had these little things, you would become like this terrible thing. And they just go back and forth that if you were in denial to this, then you would become this way. No, 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 no. You will become this way if you're acting like this, if you deny your addiction. And so, so to take that, um, you know, to, to take the qualitative, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. it it's it's kind of like, like you don't really you, like there's first degree, first stage cancer. There's second stage. There's third stage. There's fourth stage. When someone gets first stage, they freak out and they think they have second stage, third stage, fourth stage. It's terrible. Jody creates an environment where she removes from people the, the actual actions and accountability. She, she, she makes it not matter, and it's all about some abstract idea in their head. Then she makes people all feel like they're fighting the same addiction on all, on all people of all different levels together, mixing that together. Yeah. And then she makes makes people feel, after she removes from them, their, then she makes people feel that, like... Uh, like um, that, if you got stage one, you you got stage four. Yeah. If you got, in other words, you got these people thinking that that because they didn't. I mean, I remember I I didn't masturbate, I didn't do porn. I was doing great through this program. I was going through it all, and and uh, nothing worked. They just got more and more upset at me, and more they said my life was out of control. And I just remember just falling apart, thinking that I don't know what to do. I, I, I just don't know what to do. And I was literally Googling chemical castration, thinking that would help me the next step, like anything that I could do to stop, to get my life back so I could live a normal life and not be punished all the time for everything. And, and, and they, you know, they, they they tuned in on that I was a victim of sexual child abuse and I brought it up and at some point because I did have PTSD and trauma about what happened to me as a kid and they they, they were like that's your addiction speaking wow that's your addiction and if you talk about that that's your addiction and so they turned like I mean I get that it's not good to act like a victim when when something bad happens but in the English language victim means you know like if somebody had their kid kidnapped and killed, I'd say that person's a victim of somebody having, of losing a child. 
yeah. I wouldn't say that they're a person in denial who's going to use the abstract idea to violate everyone's boundaries in the room. Exactly. Right. And do you know, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. But like, so I just, I, you know, I, I didn't know where to go there. And, but I had, I, I remember, I mean, Jody gets people to talk about everything and then she uses this leverage over them. A quick word from our sponsor. We have hidden gems from all over the world sending us evidence on cases. But when a resurfaced police interview is in Spanish or a witness to the murder speaks Portuguese or an old newspaper clipping is in French, the evidence is literally getting lost in translation. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app, helping me put true crime into 25 different languages. Rosetta Stone immerses you with no English translations, so you actually really learn to speak and listen and think in that language for a natural learning process. Do not put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Rosetta Stone listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Yes, the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You lose weight, it comes back. You lose it again, it comes back again. And if this cycle sounds familiar, you're not alone and there is a better way. What if you could take a weekly shot to lose weight and keep it off? That's where Roe comes in. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with lifestyle changes so you can lose weight and keep it off. Roe handles it all, even insurance paperwork. If eligible, you have access to a provider on demand. You can sign up online from home, no doctor's visits. Average weight loss, get this, 15 to 20% in a year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria do apply. Go to road.co slash hidden. Sign up today and you will pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash hidden. Why do so many dogs suffer from health issues? It turns out that actress Katherine Heigl, who helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says that she is seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health, their food. What she discovered is that the way many dogs' foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw a huge transformation in their health. She has made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing and see incredible changes in their dog's health. Look, John and I are dog lovers and are currently searching for the perfect family addition and how to keep them healthy and happy. So if we can help keep your best friend healthy too, we are happy. Go to badlandfood.com dot com slash hidden to crime and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash hidden to crime. What what do you think her motive is? Like, what is her actual motive in the end? So I think that Jody's main, I, I think she's got the motive of a, of a very, I'm not say this right. I, I know there's a lot of evidence in my mind from the things that I've looked at that suggests that 
she has this dual operation where one, she gets these high profile people and she destroys them and feeds them into this machine where she wants huge amounts of less intelligent, normal people to follow. Okay. So, so she's, you know, she's like, she needs that kind of blood and then she needs all the, she needs people without hearts and brains to follow it. Okay. And, And if they have a heart and a brain, she needs to destroy that so that then they will follow it. Power and fame. Well, yeah, if you uh, you go back and forth. Yeah, so so power, let, let's say there's a power and fame. And when I first heard that, uh, literally it was just last week, that Jody's latest victim was this eight channels lady. I knew in two seconds. I knew in two seconds that Jody absolutely wanted that lady's platform Mm-hmm. to become more powerful and yeah. then she would lie lie to that lady she would make that lady as as mentally sick as a dog then she would lie to her like she was helping her and then she would steal that lady's power yeah and i knew in two seconds that that lady was her patient not her partner yeah not her business friend and they could have called it different because she got in trouble with the relationship in the past but i knew that was her patient and i and and I could tell right away that that lady struggled with some control issues and maybe some narcissism. And it, it just lined up that that was a perfect patient that Jody would know how to complete. Like, like she was bad. She would have never done this stuff without Jody messing up her mind by making it so that her actions didn't matter. Like making her believe in a religion of thought that made the actions in the real world not matter. Yeah. That, that like I, I knew, I knew in two seconds because this isn't the first time, like she, she is, um needed this stuff to survive and make her plans so like my my ex-wife was the daughter of a general authority that's huge credit in mormon church in the two in the 1990s and the 2000s yes it is yes it is i just and she wants money big time and i uh jody does and i just want a scouting settlement so we had the daughter of a general authority or area 70 they call it no one knows the difference, and and then uh, in this, when they're using it for power, and and uh, a guy that just had a huge check from a settlement payment, and and you know when you, when you sit there and watch how much Jody wanted to say, the general authorities, I take care of their families, you know, yeah. to people that are totally engineered on to taking, not solving their own problems with sex or pornography or figuring out how to their their own views on it but just to do whatever a church leader says she wanted that really really bad and so the dual relationship comes like where not only did she like so so i'm in this program with her and uh with jody and i'm in this group i'm not comfortable and i start telling my wife i'm not comfortable and my wife starts telling me that it's my addiction jody's telling her what to say uh, that it's my addiction acting out this saying I'm not comfortable. And I'm in this group with these guys that have sexual predator problems and I don't feel safe at all. I mean, I mean, and there was a little therapy and, you know, and the fact that if you, if you were like watching, you know, you know, I, I don't know, like if, if you watch somebody next to you do something horrific then you didn't want anything to do with that, you know, you know it, it's just not worth it. It was so uncomfortable. 
and, and, and so I'm watching, uh, I, I didn't say that last one, right? What I mean is that like, you know, like if you want to teach your kids not to cross the street with, without your permission, if they got to see someone hit by a car in the street every day, that would definitely do the job. Yeah. So, so in other words, she sees, she sees a general authority's family with a settlement check in you. And, you know, she was living in a $3 million home. Those children escaped a $3 million home that was allegedly Jody's. Do you think then that... Oh, she's filthy rich. The, 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 the dual relationship. So imagine you graduate from uh, some school, you got your four-year degree. Jody only got like a I think it was online two-year degree or I, I don't know. It might've been a four-year degree, but you know, so you get, so imagine somebody gets this degree, they're a psychologist, they're going to work with the patient. The patient pays what? I have no idea. Maybe their insurance pays it. Maybe it's like $80 an hour. Maybe you can earn $120,000 a year working full-time as a counselor in, the, in an office. Maybe that's what you can do. And that, that, that's cool. But, you know, uh, that's like normal. Someone's joining the field not to earn huge amounts of money. They're joining, joining the field as a psychologist because they want to help people that have problems and figure out this stuff. Yeah, you're, so, you're talking about me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're next to a school teacher. <laughs> right, to, exactly. The intelligence that you could use somewhere else. <laughs> I'm not doing it because I see uh, big dollar signs. That's not why I'm getting in the field. No, oh, back back to Jody. Another core part of her doctrine was the relationship needs to die before the new one can be reborn. She's speaking this to Mormons, people who've taught their whole life about resurrection and stuff, and she's using their own religion to encourage them in this way of thinking that there's this justification for killing a relationship that's alive so that a healthy one can be reborn. Huh. That's a huge... That's a huge part of her doctrine that she brings in over and over. The relationship needs to die before it can be reborn. You know, she's got guys masturbating, guys looking at pornography, women too, whatever. And she's teaching them that as they progress in this program, their relationship needs to die until they hit a hitting point and then they will be reborn. So she starts to institutionalize this separation from your spouse. Now you can't talk about intimate stuff. Now you can't have intimacy. Now you can't kiss as a punishment as you keep progressing into this program. Now you can't sleep together. Now you can't do this. Now you can't do that. It's all this like religious idea that once it dies, it'll all flip around and get better. So you, so people are rationalizing killing the relationship, murdering the relationship for a new one to be reborn. Wow. That's, that's just, that actually blows my mind. I, 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 John. What? Yeah, I, I mean, right. I saw that in in what you wrote. Um, but what? So the, is that where some of the money comes in? That once she splits that relationship, no, so, she's so you gotta you to get the money. You gotta have a whole big group of people that believe that these higher levels of control are justified, so that then they give you way more power than you deserve. A $3 million you know, what, home or, or... Well, so take, for example, this. Like, um, I mean, Jody was like the, like, 
she she was like a she was trying to always create like some multi marketing group of people that could do what she does and that she, the money would all flow up to her. Yep. Yeah. And she would create the, you know, just like multi-marketing, the, the person that's that's buying the $80 shampoo is going to be a millionaire someday. You know, she was working that angle of taking the money from these people, destroying their lives and then turning them into people that would that would uh, do the same thing she was doing to more and more people. And she would be earning money off of it. So, so wait, so she was <laughs> she was. She was churning out clones, and then they would, they would do this coaching. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what she was doing. And I mean, she was basically forming like almost like a church hierarchy. And then the clones need to talk to the person in authority when they can't handle it. But did she did she formalize that, or like so the she would train a clone, and then the clone would go out and coach. I assume it was coaching because, you know, to to be a psychologist takes a lot of education. So she'd have coaches. And then women, they would pay her a percentage. Women who were uh, who were yesterday's client in the counseling therapy were tomorrow's Jody Junior. Wow, wow! You know, there's a video that we watched at the St. George Women's Business Conference, and she seems to have these coaches all around her. They're all wearing connection T-shirts. Everyone's wearing a connection T-shirt except for Jody, and she's interviewing each of them and. And, uh, you know, Ruby is also one of them. But Oh, absolutely. Bless her heart, sweet little Ruby. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is, I mean, Jody was turning her into a Jody Jr. Jody was stealing from her, her entire $2.5 million platform to turn it into a connections platform. And Jody was acting like she needed to do it because of the problems and the addictions and things. Yeah, there's one, arm, there's one video on where knee. she calls Ruby entitled. Ruby's saying all these shameful things about herself, and she adds to it, also entitled. <laughs> she goes, yeah, entitled. <laughs> right, yeah, let's not forget no, that, that one. You, you see why it was like R- Ruby was like a 747, a scheduled aircraft? Like yeah. it was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that lady, and I could tell you, Without knowing all of Jody's mind tricks of how she does it completely, I could tell you what the end results would be in, after three years. Yeah. Be like, oh, yeah. She ha- what's her power? Influencer over people. That'll belong to Jody. What's her, what's her situation? Money. I'm sure it's paid to Jody. And see, the thing is like, yes, this doctrine is just fascinating how quickly she removes from people the the cause and effect of how they really act in life turns it into some abstract teaches boundaries, which creates so many fights and feelings. Everybody's blind, grabs a bunch of people, scares the hell out of everybody psychosexually. It empowers people in a way that's totally wrong over other people. And, 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 um, and she's got her her whole gig going, but how, how does she get the money? So she creates these people that are supposed to be little Jody's that have all these work groups. She was always trying to do that. She was always trying to expand that. But the thing is, like, they're not sociopathic cult leaders. They're insecure control people that need her all the time. So she can't get that big. You know, they they can't, you know, it takes a certain kind of person to do what Jody does. And, you know, the, the, so here's an example of how this works. So, my ex-wife's in this group. She's doing all this stuff. 
And they're teaching in there that, you know, there's no difference between jaywalking and capital punish capital murder or whatever there's, there's really not a difference it's addiction and boundaries. well everybody and knows that come on but, but, but you get people messed up long enough and inoculate them from their senses and blind them with giving them this huge power and fear back and forth long enough and you'd be surprised how many people start to fall out of the boat like i know there's like some of us that would never over a million years of that give up that objectivity but there's some of us who would yeah and those are the people that jody preys on and and so like uh what what's an example i i was in this group um i lost my train of thought damn it it's great sometimes when you have trauma because your mind just gives it to you yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's not good later after you're like what am I? But um, Jody was like, uh, with her, with her, so she's creating these minion people to go out and become little Jodies and do run these groups for her teaching her doctrine about how addiction is. Oh yeah, here's an example. So I had never thought it. My my ex wife was a 4.0 student. I think she had a possibility to go to Harvard for a short term like thing. I don't know if it was a full ride. She had a full elite scholarship to uh, Haifa University. She had learned supposedly like 10 languages. So she had an ability to say things and very quickly that she heard other people say to understand their antics very, very quickly. And, you know, and she was the daughter of a general authority and she came from this family and, and, the day before she left and we got in an argument, uh, she called the police on me and and they came and we had a fight. And she called the police and the police came in. It was, you know, we got a little baby. We're sitting there. There's a there's been an argument. Uh, the police have been called. They come in and they, they say, what's going on? And she says, he uh, he abused me. They say, well, I how did he abuse you? And she said, he, he violated my boundaries. And they said, well, how did he violate your boundaries? And she said, all honesty, thinking they would think this was, she goes, he, he left his backpack on the couch when he was supposed to be in the closet. And that violates my boundaries and that does not work for the relationship. And she thought that they would arrest me and take me away. Wow. Wait, is there... Adam, is there a police report out there with? Yeah, that's in a police report. Is there a police report out there with that? Wow, that those words are in there. Wow, and what I mean, the police. What did the police do? They just been. They must have just, just like wide-eyed and shocked and tried to explain to her how that's not abuse. And the point she is, the no. point. The point oh. is that that was Jody's handiwork. Oh yeah, how could a person who before they met Jody? who was accurate on tons of stuff, had some problems. I won't go into explaining those, not needed. But how how could they go from functional to do great in school and university, functional to do all this stuff, and to think that 
someone violating a boundary because it's an addiction in the head. It's not the consequence. They're targeting the addiction in the head and controlling how it moves and breathes, not the actual things people do in real life. And they're doing it like they're the surgeons and nobody else is there. They're working for Jody. How could a person actually think? Suppose for a moment that you did believe that your spouse should be arrested for abuse because they left the backpack on the couch or the toilet seat up, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, but, but really did believe it a hundred percent believed it. Like, like, so, so you get this lady that now believes, I guess, down Southern Utah that, you know, duct taping the kids, it, you know, is, is what's needed to make sure that they don't violate this, this, these boundaries, these boundaries that are created on what ground now that we've left the objective world where how you act out doesn't actually matter. Well, yeah. Duct taping them, <laughs> starving them, abandoning them. But, but, but somehow it appears somehow seeing those kids as a harm to others in some way, right? That was something you mentioned. Yeah. Oh, oh, that right there. I don't think Jody would have said that about those kids whilst they were with her. I think that was a sociopathic line she she shoved on the end of it just as the police were there. Really? Because she I said, don't, she don't, said yeah, don't I let don't those think, kids, like she made the kids a yeah. threat. Don't let those kids be around other no, kids. Let me tell you how she coached my my wife in the protective order, all the allegations that she would say about how I was trying to break the protective order. So if a guy broke a protective order, he'd actually talk to somebody he's not supposed to talk to. Or he would commit an action where he, he you know, he, he violated their space or something. But if you wanted to write a testimony that the police would listen to that, that didn't have any of those ramifications, but, but would get the same results, you would teach her how to say stuff like, I was with my baby. And I was super scared when I saw him, how he was acting out of control. And it was super, super scary to me. I didn't know what to do. And I need some help. This guy's so scary and dangerous to me. That right there makes you think, oh, this guy's hurting her really, really bad. Even me, I'm like, where is this terrible person? I'm going to protect this lady. Wait, they're talking about me. <laughs> right. In, in yeah. other words, she taught, she teaches these women how to say stuff in a way where there's no testimony of something that would hold up in a court of laws as actually a real thing huh. to create a, a fear. So when I, when I heard that Jody, like I'm reading the news, I'm reading the news about this. I'm shocked. It's 4 a.m. I woke up and I saw Jody Hildebrand's name on this thing. And I am shocked. Not from like... I, in this lifetime, justice is here. <laughs> yeah. You know, totally didn't shock me at all that she was here and doing this with this lady. Totally just another one of her people. Uh, but I'm reading the news and then I read in KSL's article right at the end where the last paragraph where she said she, she he quotes what and they, they might want to redact that because that just serves Jody. Where, where she says, yeah, but never let those kids around anyone again. So, so when Jody gets caught uh, for controlling people in a really bad way, she distracts people from her crime with a psychosexual form of manipulation. Right, like, but it, like she, it, it's not going to be effective because they'd have to... Because they're minors. They're going to have to prove... Well, they're minors, but they're, they'd have to prove that those kids had some... 
juvenile record, or right? Like it's it's all going to be fluff. So so let's let's look at this way. Imagine that they weren't kids, which right. society's there to protect. Imagine they were forty and fifty year old people. Yeah. Right. And and she said that about them. I mean, it's a, it, it, people wouldn't. They would, you know, it's like it's like it's like yeah. They would wonder who the yeah. victim was. They would wonder. Well, yeah, she'd, she'd be like. Yeah, we locked him in the room for a week. This poor woman that got raped by that guy. You know, Jody would say that, make it up, just so that everybody would stop the justice from happening. Okay. Yeah. In other words, like, in fact, what's interesting if there's a if you look at online, there's something called JodyHildebrandt.com. Somebody's put together yep. stuff against Jody there. So. It's real interesting. I guess I'm the only one that succeeded in punishing Jody up till now. Yeah. And with the do- right. the doppelganger. That that's credit to my father. He completely made that happen. Yeah. Uh, incredible father. Incredible guy. Oh. Huge amounts of stuff that another day, another time we'll get into. But uh, but when. Um, when Jody actually showed up to her hearing, which I didn't know about was happening because I, you know, my life's totally messed up and I'm off trying to take care of the situation with my kids. Right. I wish I had been invited to go to it. But here's an example. Her earlier hearing, she introduces into the writing, oh, there's a stalker out there that wants to hurt me. What does a stalker have to do with the violations of using somebody's wife in a dual relationship, which I we need to return to so I can explain more about that. But and and the violations of using someone's medical records to hurt them, it had nothing to do with it. It was just Jody's form of manipulation. If everybody felt she was in fear and scared and the sweet lady that was sitting there, they would try to find some understanding for why she acted in a way that she shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so she she let she led with that. Well, she just inner inner just starts talking about it in the middle of the court for no reason that there's a stalker out. Right. There. So she 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 also potentially kind of occupies this victim territory herself. Oh, so then you go to the next hearing, and it worked. She's like. Yeah, there's a stalker. He's come to my house like 19 times. She acts like she's so scared that everybody sees this sweet lady that's scared from victimization. The same stuff she teaches women to do to destroy their husbands. She's the ganda. I mean, she is the master of this psychophant lie, and she's in there using it. Which I t- like. If you know Jody, this is what she does to distract people from her crimes. She acts like the woman that you're trying to rescue from a crime. Wow. Yeah. And so, and so there's but a group the, of guys who, they, 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 they totally fall for it. They dismiss all this stuff and think she, she's in trauma. So the board, so the board, so the evidence here is completely clear cut. She violated your confidentiality. She was in a dual relationship. Like that's indisputable. But they said, they really said that because of her her this ploy she used that none of that mattered. I wasn't there. I just read online. You can look at the report. I wasn't there. My impression reading the report was that she got the very minimum of what she could have got. I know she was guilty of way worse, and she had great attorneys. 
and acting like she was a super frightened victim from a very dangerous person was how that very dangerous person walked out of that courtroom with way less. And, and my, that's, that's, that's Jody. That's how she acts. She, she teaches people to that same, you know, that no one got their mind around Ted Bundy because he would, he would have a cast on his arm and he had this nice smile and no one could understand how the feelings they felt when they see this guy equated to what he was actually doing. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, with, with Jody Hildebrandt, when she talks about, like, in that courtroom, think about this. You're a professional. Okay, so I'm a, I, I do victim's advocacy. I know that if I meet a victim of abuse and it's real abuse, I tell them to go talk to the police. I tell them to go to the hospital. Right. Right. All right. It's all the red flags when Jody coaches these women through the civil process that removes children, but never takes them through the criminal process that perpetrates perpetrators. Right. And she does it in a way that completely ruins people's custody and their lives and their family and just puts, puts, puts them through health. And so, you know, uh, here's this, uh, I remember my point that, Sorry, it's so interesting navigating these stories because it's just traumatic for me. <laughs> and then it's like my mind disappears and I'm right back. Yeah. Are you doing <laughs> but, it? Are you um, okay? Yeah, how are you I, doing? I'm okay. I, this, is, this is worth it. Okay. <laughs> we got to get this truth Thank out you. there. There's people that need to hear this. Okay. Thank you. But, but she's, uh, I'm trying to just remember my point. Sometimes my mind just goes blank when I'm, it's, it, like I said, there's just tons of complexity with this, this person. Oh, but she just, uh, you know, you watch if you'd seen the 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 papers that I had and and saw how the complaints were made by the people that she was coaching on how to make those complaints and the, you know the correspondence those people had with her on asking her how to make the complaints so people believed them. Wow. A lot of pity play too, like pity play, the deflection, the victimization. Yeah, people I think a lot of uh, people that are wanting to take advantage of others practice pity play too, just so you know, that this making themselves the victim. So what you're saying, I just want to validate you too. Yeah, it's a manipulation. Well, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, as we get more intelligent as human beings, we start to realize that our brains are extreme, extremely complex. And there's parts of our brains that work in a way that's like visceral. And they start saying they're not a terrorist. I get this visceral feeling that they are a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know, do you know what I'm talking about? I know about? exactly what you're talking about. It's like they're busy saying they're not one. And all I can feel is that they are one. Right. And well, there's that, a bit of projection, too. A projection there, right? Just yeah. Well, one thing I've learned, and I learned this on my own. I figured this out. Man, I had to figure stuff out to understand these people, what they've done. I. Uh, uh, when people repeat the same thing over and over, the subconscious starts to believe the opposite. Mm -hmm. So if your mom's like, there is a good girl out there for you to marry. I know there is. That's cool. Thanks, mom. And she says it again and then again and then again. Again, there's one thing I feel inside. There is not a girl in this world. I'm like, thanks, mom. Now I know there's not one. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the, you know, this, this powerful funny way that our brains work and you get some nice innocent person that gets severely traumatized by Jody Hildebrandt's abuse 
and in broken shards, they're repeating over and over, I did not abuse my children. I did not abuse my children. I did not abuse my children. There's only one thing people think about that person. Do not let him around children. Right. You know what kind of power it is? Not just to get famous people in your group, not just to get the money from a lot, but to have the ability to execute people's everything they care about in their life. Yeah. Which is what she does. By breaking them and feeding them into this funnel where you're coaching them in a way that they lose their children's system. I went to jail for 14 days. I had four criminal charges against me, four felonies, 20 years maximum. Wow. For four felonies. And, and you know, it's interesting, and this is kind of the bigger picture about the Mormon church is they did a protective order, and it said that I couldn't talk to my ex-wife unless an ecclesiastical leader was there or, or an attorney. But why would they include an ecclesiastical leader in a legal thing like that? Yeah, why would they? That is very I don't know. I'm wondering now. If it was on purpose for some terrible thing, because the bishop called me in, told me she still loved me, told me to give her a stroller, a journal back, uh, let's see, a card, had no writing on it. I didn't want to just get get well or something. Uh, the bishop called you in to tell you this for your ex-wife. Yeah, my, my Mormon bishop did, yes. Called me in, called me on the phone. Called her on the phone, told her as the ecclesiastical leader, and he's looking at the protective order. He said, is this okay with you? And she said, it's okay, and that she wanted this. I, at the police station, I, I, I gave her those things that they asked for. And, and four, like four days later, I got like half an inch of papers that said I had four felony charges against me. And those were black and white photographs of those items was the evidence for the felony charges. What? Wait, what were the yeah. what were the charges? Uh, four felony charges, felonies like uh, class sure. C felony charges for protective order violations. Oh, okay. and the, I looked up the Utah law, and it said that protective order violations were misdemeanors unless you had a previous criminal history as a felon. And I didn't have any criminal history, and right. they had felon charges. So when I went to BYU, and was late for criminal hearing. Because it was like my second one I went to. Because I had finals at BYU, I was 30 minutes late. They arrested me, put me in chains, said that the said that the uh, the judge was gone for two weeks, and they put me in jail without bail for the felony charges for two weeks. Wow. And during that time, Jody Hildebrandt, which my ex, went to the honor code office and started talking about, and to all their disciples that they were following, they were bringing in, how because I didn't handle my addiction and didn't do their program, my whole life was destroyed and I was going to prison for abuse. Wow. And when I was in chains in an orange jumpsuit, I looked across the room, I saw all the new recruits of the new wives sitting there with my ex-wife and Jody watching and smiles and smirks on their face. Jody Juniors. Jody Juniors. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize that I was the one that was free. Yeah. Wow. So you have been through so much. I, I just congratulations on keeping her on being able to make her accountable somewhat, not as much as she should have been, 
but you did do that and you should be proud, you know? So as much as I don't like what my ex-wife did for me and don't care for her as a person outside of my godly diligence to care about all of God's children, I have to defend the beliefs that, that if you're mentally unstable and you go to a therapist and they make you a lot worse, uh, you, can't, you can't just say that this person that does all these bad things for that therapist is fully accountable for what they've done. If they're mentally unhealthy and they're, they're seeking mental health and a therapist messes up their understanding and their internal understanding of the world, uh, that's a very gray area of, you know, and, and redemption of healing our society. We, I don't want vengeance. I want the world to heal. And the, the truth is, everyone looks at the men that lost their kids, lost all these rights. I mean, when I was in jail, this guy told me his terrible therapist story, and it was Jody Hildebrand. He was in a storage unit with a protective order, and now he's in jail and he's losing his kids for abuse charges. I met a guy while I was painting curb addresses because I couldn't have a normal job with all this going on. I was painting house addresses, and, and, he, and he was in his house, and he told me the same story, and it was all like he was fighting criminal charges in a custody case, losing his kids as well. I mean, it was just insane, the systematic methodology to which this lady massively drove these people through, and where was all her money coming from? Yeah, and, that's and a the, good question. The, that's, a, that's a very good question. Yeah, the money <laughs> thing is a really good question. Um, you know, it's, it seems as if she's continually gotten worse. It seems as if her history, and help me understand this, is that she, she yes, she, she gets the couple, she hurts the man, she separates them, she ruins the man's life. In this situation, it seems like she's gone a little bit further or gone... Now there are children involved. Did she have access to your children ever? Or did is this new? Is this deeper? What's going on with having access to somebody's children? This is, this is where the friction of complexity comes in. You know how I was explaining to you that if a guy says I didn't abuse a kid like 10 times, everybody thinks he abused a kid? Yes. There's a certain kind of language that if you say, well, my ex was this in a divorce or ex was this... No one really believes what you're talking about anymore. And so, you know, like so far, we've been pretty concrete to talk about Jody and these experiences and what I've witnessed of it. And, and this is where the friction of complexity comes in. You know, if in all honesty, if we talked about um, if we talked about the way that this lady affected my custody case extremely damaging intricate ways with huge amounts of evidence and paperwork but they all got away with it and later we examined it and found out what happened you know it i mean it was it's incredible so yeah and if you know she does the same thing multiple times with multiple people until the super complex methodology becomes like a, a veneered pattern you know to say then, did she do this to these people's kids? Well, if she if she, if she did certain things that led to the exact same results in fifty other women, and leading into it, she knew exactly what she was doing, and the people didn't have the intelligence and understanding of how she worked. 
Well, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I feel like there's grounds where you could say that, uh, it looks like this woman did this to these kids. You know, it looks like she could take your kids away. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I had a, a friend that just said, you have no idea how powerful these people are. I'll lose my kids. I'll lose everything in my life. And, and I said, Oh, I do know, you know, like, uh, it's again one of those visceral things you're sitting in a courtroom where they're trying to decide between two people arguing because they're both out of their mind in a divorce and you're outside of the logic of what people are saying you're honestly the one that argues the most you don't even want to listen to i mean nobody likes divorce to talk for a long time you're sitting there listening to these people but then when somebody uses the visceral response is a psychosexual manipulation or psychoviolent manipulation where they, they make an allegation that's extreme sexual against somebody and someone defends it and it's thrown out of court because it was never an actual statement never an actual real thing that's going to change that custody case it's going to change it in a couple ways it's going to freak everyone out but then it's going to damage one of the people so much that then the way people look at them is that they're unfit to be a parent. Okay. Um, so I, you, I, I don't want to go into that area because we could on a whole nother podcast. And I have, we we fought this lady and, and uh, we have tons of documentation, legal documentation of what this person was. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That is good. You need that for a situation like this. Yeah. So, uh, how are you? You've doing, had a lot of. Go okay. ahead. How are I mean, you've kind of shared like how are you doing today though with the like with the news in this past two weeks this story coming out? How are you doing? I personally have had a really unusual life. Um, you said you saw this stuff. I don't know if you. Seen, I got a Freedom Gala Award for helping stop a dictator from killing 850 men in Syria. And I've been involved in really big traumatic things before where I felt like a lot of people died from stuff I was trying to help them with, but couldn't win. And, uh, you know, it's just, for me, there are worse things than uh, this issue uh, because I've seen some other parts of the world and I've seen, you know, I, like I, I lost, uh, I lost the one. Uh, one time I, I was going to go out on the ocean with the boat that I had stolen from smugglers to rescue people in a boat that was drowning. And I didn't go and I thought I needed to go to this other medical place to help people instead. And, and, uh, and 17 kids died that day and, and I, I felt responsible for it. And then my trauma from that was, was extremely bad. And for a couple of years, it was very traumatic. And, and, uh, and so like, uh, at one time I was able to accidentally grab a baby out of the ocean. Um, I remember feeling totally worthless about that. That happened two days before. And then I ran out to a boat that was sinking and the waves were huge. I couldn't even see it. I was in the wrong spot and my hand closed on what I thought was a fish and it turned out to be, to, to be this baby that was still alive. Wow. This, yes, little baby. I, I don't know if it's a boy or girl. I, it was too much trauma, and I just handed it to someone when I was running looking for anyone else. But, but I remember feeling that, like, yeah, yeah, these people, they stole 
my value from me. So I'm totally worthless. And I believe that now because they've done such a good job. But that baby's not worthless. And if I hadn't saved it, it, it would be dead. And, and, and I knew that baby had value. So I felt like, hey, I must have some value no matter what, because at least I have the value of this baby's life now. You know, and, and so like I've I've had my own journey to look at a greater, deeper picture to find truths outside of a lot of the real traumatizing stuff in this life. And I believe in this great, beautiful picture out there that we just got to keep fighting for it and find it. And, and people like Jody Hillebrand will pass. They don't have real power. They don't have love and love is real power. They don't have real power. And and. My family I got now is the best thing ever, and I love my kids. Kids love me, and we're close. Uh, and and mostly, I mean, we have some issues right now that everybody does with teenagers sometimes. But yes. um, but I be- I believe in a good future, and I, and I, and so to answer your question about uh, now, uh, I got married a year ago. Uh, this beautiful, wonderful person. Um, I, I was single for 13 years. I started dating somebody that I lived with for eight, nine months, and she was killed in a car accident oh. of three years ago. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah, it really sucked. And and uh, Alex, and and, uh, and that was really hard on the kids and me. And so uh, to finally find someone after all those years, and then that happened, and... Then last last year, year and a half ago, someone opened the apartment door thinking it was the Airbnb. It was this beautiful doctor that was half Syrian and half Egyptian, and she thought my apartment was her Airbnb, and that's how I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally didn't think of dating her. I didn't think she'd be interested in me because, you know, I've always wanted to say this. I always forget to say this because I know victims of these abuses are listening to me. They care about how to be dateable again. <laughs> they care about how to be happy again, and and I, and we don't believe that we can be sometimes with the stuff. But you know, I didn't expect that, and she came right to my. She found me, and and we fell in love, and we got married, and we have this beautiful baby that's three months old. Wow! And and I'm mending some of the problems with my ch- my daughter lives with me now, and my son. I'm working on some things that. Amount of damage this lady's done that should have been stopped years ago. Uh, I mean, it, I, I, it, it's just so. Oh, that that's back to my point. My point was earlier that there was a point that I lost, and now now I remember it. So, yeah, of course it's wrong if these guys are criminalized. And if you want to study criminal stuff, the psych, the person over our custody case said that like. Uh, of the people that had special masters, that means, you know, a lot of allegations, the court puts a special master in the case that in, in California, the special master 80% of the time would find uh, child abuse. But in Utah, they only found it 15% of the time. So there was a huge amount of special masters for people that didn't really have any crimes. And, and you know, the problem with the judges and the system to, to act like, Small things were way bigger, and then when special masters are there, they didn't find any real big things. So there's there's a problem that people were mentally sick in a way, vulnerable people. If this is happening in a big way, and and so, but 
so yeah, there are guys, a lot, mostly guys out there that have been treated this way through Jody's empire or cult thing. Uh, but the women that become her minions thinking that they're justifying a means to an end with a very dangerous thing to do. Uh, you know, the, the women that have justified this and destroyed so much in the name of Jody's doctrines of boundaries and killing a relationship so it'll be reborn and thinking it's going to bring you to this bliss that's so empowering that no one has. The women that do this, well, after Jody dumps them, after she's got what she wanted and it destroyed everything and eventually it messed up their life, well, they hold on to this stuff and it doesn't allow them to reintegrate into relationships anymore. It doesn't allow them to reintegrate into society in a healthy way. It doesn't allow them, you know, when you use like these instruments of society's trust to damage somebody extensively think under Jody's ruling, you know, when, when you're done, you, you oddly no longer believe in these institutions anymore. Yeah. You know, you're on your own. And, and you know, the damage is... Ex- you know, terrible to these men, and they did not deserve it. But uh, the damage to uh, to these women would be harder to cure, harder to fix, more difficult to solve, more difficult to help them become good people and 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 healthy people again. Wow. And, and so, they're an extremely vulnerable group of people. Yeah. Right. Right. Like Ruby. Yeah. There was a difference between me saying, hey, this pedophile did this terrible stuff to me at scout camp when I was a kid and somebody accusing me of doing stuff to children. Yeah. In other words, when you are acting the damage to other people, that is a much worse thing to heal from than to have the damage happen to, in my opinion. Now, damage can be in totally different contexts. But, I mean, these are, like, I look at this lady, eight eight uh, passengers, as a complete person who had issues, maybe wasn't the best mom, maybe wasn't the best spouse. Right, mental health. Got in, yeah. Got into Jody's doctrine. Jody completely whirled her out of her power and her money and out of her reasonable thinking, just like she did with my ex-wife when my ex-wife truly believed in her eyes that putting the the couch the backpack on the couch was abuse that needed the police to be there like she's lost objectivity a smart educated woman with you know 4.0 tons of languages traveling the world how did it come to this right so i think that you know if we invite victims to come forward you're going to see victims, tons of stories about how Jody destroyed everything for the wife and the family. But you're you're also going to see these other victims that are the, the women that do the destruction that in their own little head have made sense to them. And they were so sick they couldn't see what was going on. And I'm not, I don't want to give a free card if someone has a prison term they need to serve. But I, but if I'm honest, I have to say that this lady was incredibly, incredibly dangerous, and the, the huge problem with Jody is that 
she had learned how to do the most subtle of things and the most elaborate of ways to orchestrate the most devastating of consequences right in plain daylight with nobody being able to see the moving piece that would tag her. Thank you for sharing with us, Adam. Thank you and for your time today. Um, before I finish recording, is there anything else you want to share? Yeah, a little advice to everybody that talks to somebody that comes forward. If you're out there and somebody's talking to you to come for, that's come forward and they're sharing traumatic stuff, the way you can tell it's traumatic is it's like a monologue and it's like in lots of detail and it's, it's not socially normally acceptable to talk to people like that. But give them a green card because it's not how they are in their normal life. It is how people deal with trauma. And the other thing is when somebody's done talking about the trauma, talk to them about light subjects for five or 10 minutes so that they don't feel triggered by feeling alienated right after talking about intense stuff. And yeah, so, cause I know a lot of victims are going to come forward. If you're the spouse of a guy that went suffered through Jody or the girlfriend or the mom or the dad, just, yeah, just take that advice. It'll help you. Yeah. Speaking of that, Adam, have you ever been to Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas? <laughs> What's the circus delay? Oh, Cirque, <laughs> Cirque du Soleil is like the it's like a version of the circus in Las Vegas. It's like a, oh, I think I've heard of it. Oh, you've heard yeah. of it. All right. Well, if you come by Ve- if you come through Vegas, you're gonna have to come knock on our door and visit, and we'll have to take you to Cirque du Soleil. So it's a lot of fun oh. and. It's a it's kind of a recreation of the the circus, and if we're lucky, maybe it'll get your mind off of such a heavy subject. Well, I you know the thing is, I live a pretty optimistic, fun life. It's just it's just like everybody. We just you know, there's these deep parts of life that are never fixed. I'd yeah. say I would say you also live have lived a very interesting life and a life with a lot of meaning, and I thank you for that because. Um, your life is a lesson to many of us, and I thank you for sharing these the darker parts of it, despite it being good and happy and fun. Um, thank you for trusting us. Hello, Hidden Gems. It's Lauren with Hidden, a true crime podcast. As a TV reporter, I learned the art of visual storytelling. So if you're like me, you enjoy listening, but also viewing. You can actually head to our YouTube channel, Hidden True Crime, to watch these interviews. Hit the subscribe button for surprise lives and breaking news. And for exclusive content, things Dr. John and I only dare say behind a paywall, become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash hidden true crime. You'll find bonus episodes, early releases, and insider info. Thank you for your endless support. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.